Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Method to Madness podcast. Uh, this is going to be a new uh, thing that we're doing, just basically a side hustle that, I'm, that I've started to get to know the comedians of Toronto, both veterans and uh, newer comics coming up in the scene. And my first guest is a new comic on the scene, been doing it a bit less long than I have, right? Like about, you've been doing it for nine months or something like that? I've uh, been doing it for, yeah, just like a year. Oh, for a year, okay. So yeah, yeah, you're writing for a long time. You've been writing for a long time, and it is Miguel Jose de la Barra. Hey, you actually got the name right. Yeah, I know because like you get, you chirped me the last time I got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, um, everybody gets my name wrong. It's a it's a long name. Because we know that uh, Toronto has a very huge and thriving Latino population. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. And, I'm proud of that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we have some yeah. large representation here in Toronto. And it's great, too, because, like, uh, a lot of Latino comics do a lot of great work, like Gabriel Iglesias, as well as, like, uh, the girl from L.A. She used to work on that TV. Uh, her name is Alejandra. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, with my name, mm-hmm. so on my birth certificate, mm-hmm. I have both names, so Miguel Jose de la Barrera mm-hmm. and Michael Joseph de la Barrera. Just, so, mm-hmm. and you hear the accent difference? Yeah, yeah right? you can. So, <laughs> when you say it in English with an English accent, mm-hmm. it's, I grew up mm-hmm. Michael Joseph de la Barrera, mm-hmm. right? That's how everybody called me, but even growing up, Della Barrera mm-hmm. wasn't even pronounced properly. So, because I have both names, I guess because my family grew up here in uh, in Toronto, mm-hmm. they chose. We'll go with the English yeah. version. Me is just like my name was just basically my mom watched uh, James Bond saw Sean Connery and went like. That's, that's his name now. That's his name now. Like, he was trying to figure it out, and there it was. And then, what else? Like, my well, whole... You do not look like Sean Connery. Yeah, I, if, if Sean Connery had a really, really dark tan. Okay. <laughs> and then, what was it? Um, uh, Like, my whole name is, like, Sean Sankar River Monte Rampersad. Like, a really long one, but, like... Okay, wait. Slow that down. Yeah. I need to get that. Sean Sankar Rivermonte Rampersad. Where's the Rivermonte come from? My my Why mom's Filipino. Like my mom's Filipino. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why I can say your whole name. Probably. You got some Spanish in the genetics. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> when the Spaniards took over the Philippines, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, but like, so yeah, no, I just want to start by saying, you know, thank you for, uh, for having me and I'm honored to be able to be your uh, first guest on this ambitious journey that you're taking. So, congratulations. Ambitious journey, yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> Why not, man? Because, like... Are you doing shit that other people are trying as well? Like, no, it's not that. It's more lines of, like... Um, I literally just had this idea because I was just sitting down in my... I woke up from, like like, literally just after work. And I'm just like, huh, you know what we're not doing in Toronto? We're not getting to know the comedians. We don't have that emotional connection with the audience. Because, like, 
They do that in the states, like with a lot of podcasts. Like Andrew Schultz will have his podcast with Flagrant Two. Uh, Joe Rogan does it with his. Like, but like, there's nothing for us smaller comedians because I think that like we don't really exactly have that much pull when, when we're doing this. You know, like not a yeah. not a lot of people know who we are. So this is a way of like, hey, I'm giving everyone an opportunity to get themselves out there to express themselves because like five minutes on a stage is not a lot of time. To, oh, it's not. And yeah. again. You're on stage telling jokes. Exactly. People don't get to know you mm-hmm. as intimately as something like this. So I appreciate the opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a good like, idea. You're putting like a cartoon version of yourself on stage, not the actual Absolutely. person. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're, and a lot of the time, you mm-hmm. know, you're not telling your jokes, you're performing your jokes. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, having the opportunity to, you know, give people. A little bit of a background on like how we actually are mm-hmm. in normal life. It's a good idea. Man. Oh yeah, this guy. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's like oh the cave. I hope this... I don't scare the fuck out of everybody on here. No worries, no worries. <laughs> it's gonna be like oh, so this person is an actual like thriving member of society. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just begin with the introduction. So okay, right. in a minute, so. What exactly attracted you to stand-up comedy? Like, what made you want to get into it, like, at all? Um, well, I guess I'll give you a little bit of a background. Mm-hmm. Like, growing up, um, I just always had this kind of intense mm-hmm. need to amuse other people, whether it was at my own benefit or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to, to make people laugh, and, you know, I used to get in a lot of trouble when I was in school, because mm-hmm. I would do stupid shit <laughs> to make other people laugh. Like, can you give us an example of what the stupid shit was? Um, <laughs> it's okay, man, like, it's super embarrassing, but, uh, I learned how to burp on command like super fucking loud and oh for a long time and i can talk while i do it oh i like are you gonna make me do this no i'm not i'm not gonna make you do that because like the different sensibilities for different people some for whatever reason some people feel like throwing up when you burp so i don't want to give that to anyone but i know how to do that too (laughs) so it's it's so weird like i'm just like oh that's why i started smiling Oh shit, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, me, uh, and a funny story yeah. about that actually is uh, a family friend um, that I've known, well, he's known me since I was born. Uh, he uh, used to, he used to, at, we would see each other, you know, because mm-hmm. we our, all of our families would get together uh, a couple times a year. And so every time we would see each other, he would challenge me to mm-hmm. have a longer burp oh, God. the next time I saw him. So, like, I was in training, like, once <laughs> in a year. Oh, and uh, he used to give me, like, different, like, tongue twisters that mm-hmm. he would want me to, like, say. And each year, or each couple of times when we would see each other, in between that time, he would add, he would say, okay... You already know what you're supposed to burp out. 
but we're adding like two syllables. And okay. every time I would do it, he would give me twenty bucks. Okay, so that was your first comedy gig. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your first gig, man. That's from over here. That's your first gig. So, like, <laughs> burping and then feeling like shit the rest of the day. Oh, <laughs> was that my first good, comedy gig. But like, so, oh shit! So you're that was like kind of like sort of like your walking ins of comedy. Yeah, so, just being, being. But I didn't like to be the center of attention. Mm. That's the trippy part to me. Mm-hmm. So, I would do shit to make people laugh, but I wouldn't want people to cheer for me. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It was it was just like a weird kind of connection to it, and it developed over all of these years. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. speech time, no go. Did oh. not want to do that. So like. Uh, bridging off from that like what like who in the comedy world inspires you to do your stand-up comedy like what makes you go like this guy or girl is saying something and I want to try and emulate that or get further uh, or learn from that growing up Mm -hmm. I watched a lot of movies Mm -hmm. most of the movies that my family watched and and enjoyed were comedies Mm -hmm. so my go-to when I think about comedy, I think the first comedy album I ever watched mm-hmm. was Eddie Murphy Raw. Okay, that, like, that, that's, right? like it's, that's the introduction to comedy. It's comedy 101 right there. But yeah. at the same time, that was what mm-hmm. my generation at the time mm-hmm. got in, was interested in. Mm-hmm. And like, that was what was hitting. Um, even though it was older than mm-hmm. us, but like that was still so relevant. Mm-hmm. And as I got more interested and infatuated with comedy and the whole art of it, mm-hmm. George Carlin, oh, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. who I didn't understand, broke the mold mm-hmm. for people like mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and others that came after him. Yeah. Um, so. I got to round out, you know, all of all of those different pieces of comedy um, and the people that influenced it. Mm-hmm. So I would say Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, obviously, DC, Dave Chappelle, of course, the greatest of all yeah. time. But like. But yeah. I wouldn't even say in that order. Mm-hmm. Just them collectively mm-hmm. is what comedy and is. That's what I, I'd have to say. There's no way to compare comedians to each other because, no. it, as I said, like, it's like Tupac and Biggie. Exactly. Different styles. Mm-hmm. East Coast, West Coast, West Coast, even though Pac was from East Coast. Exactly. It's more like this, because like, I keep telling everyone this who doesn't understand what stand-up comedy is. It's pretty much like music. Everyone yeah. has their own taste. Yeah. It, everyone has their own taste. Like, I like a rap. understands a joke, receives yeah. it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Hits one crowd, hits another crowd, doesn't hit one crowd, mm-hmm. doesn't hit another comedian. Another comedian gets said This is not that. Exactly. Shit. But it's gold at the same time. The like the best example that I can put out there is just like uh, NWA. 
back in the day, it was just like, yeah. I you know, know. You're talking to the whitest Latino about NWA. It's <laughs> no problem, man. Like, your first podcast. It's no problem, man. Let's go, man. It's no problem, man. Like, I love that music. Yeah, I love NWA. I still listen to all, Fuck the Police and, like, Straight out of Compton and all that. But, like, it was... How do I explain it? Like, back in the day, a lot of people thought it was about gang violence and, like, how, like, just just re- ang- anger at the system and all that. It wasn't just that. It was also, like, how they were experiencing their life in Compton and all this other stuff. And yeah. that's what I loved about it is because, like, you can actually take your art in so many ways. Like, George Carlin was my first introduction to, like, comedy can be insightful. It can be a very... Um, observational and like very intelligent well it is right mm-hmm. it's intricate mm-hmm. it's different and you can observe any situation mm-hmm. that passes you throughout any moment of the day mm-hmm. and look at it mm-hmm. in a different way and you can create something through that yep. and that's that so again to answer part of that question like those are some of the things that i love Mm -hmm. about comedy and that's what drew me to it exactly the same thing i would see shit in so ab so many like different abstract ways Mm -hmm. than other people growing up Mm -hmm. about like a regular situation Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like when we were so for example Mm-hmm. when I used to get a ride to school or even being on the school bus mm-hmm. all the kids are talking about what what are we going to do today at mm-hmm. school you know what are we going to fuck up mm-hmm. how are we going to get out of trouble <laughs> whatever it is mm-hmm. right? I'm sitting on the bus looking out the window and we pull up to a red light mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what the person in the car next to me is thinking mm-hmm. like what, what what are they thinking right now mm-hmm. Where are they going? What does their day look like? What job do they have? So you look, I, I just always looked at things kind of very abstract and put my own story to it. Okay, yeah. that's like, and that's how I write jokes. Mm-hmm. I see something, I observe it in a certain way, and then I break it down and look at different ways that I could have it perceived by other people so that's what also like it, i would say inspires your writing as well it's an art man mm-hmm. right nobody paints the same no one does it's like nobody sings the same yep perception, perception observation and interpretation absolutely man. because that's uh that's what i love about this art like it's just like uh it's going to mean what you say is going to mean so many different things to so many different people exactly because that's that's the beauty of it. exactly and that's when, like, everyone's, like, oh, like, I think you've gone into, like, from non-convenience, like, are you afraid of offending someone? Are you afraid of making someone angry? And I've always said no, because, like, at the same time, I'm like, I can't control what they think. I can't control... No, you can't. You, you can censor, you know, or not even censor, because I don't like that word. Me too. Censor what you say, but you can... You can be more aware Mm -hmm. of the way that you deliver Mm -hmm. a certain message. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And at the same time, Mm -hmm. 
that way that you deliver it mm-hmm. may not be for and it may still piss people off mm-hmm. but you're right yeah. you can't control what other people perceive because mm-hmm. like I've um, I remember this one time I think you were with us we were at uh, we were performing at the Oniri K pub the, the one over I kicked the fucking guy out <laughs> yeah, not that, that was me yeah that, no, no it wasn't that night I don't know if you were there or not like me and like Andres, Cervantes, shout out to him. <laughs> hey, what's up, my big homie? Yeah. He, um, we were performing like a natural show. He's gonna be on here, no? Yeah, he is. Eventually. All right, all right. He's gonna be here on here eventually, after, like, in the next two weeks, I'd say. And we were having this show, and, like, we felt like me and him pushed the envelope a bit too hard in that room. Because, like, one of my jokes is just my dad being honest with me, but I go talk about, like, the. Okay, that's what I'm just gonna say. Say uh, the pussy quivering. Yeah, and I, I thought like that the, was, the Hey Arnold. Yeah, joke. the Hey Arnold joke, and I thought like, <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, there's a bunch of girls in this room. They're not gonna like that, but they were fine with it, dude. Yeah, it. That you have to. If you don't take the shot, yeah. you're never gonna make it. Exactly. The way you received the like you miss every shot you don't take. Absolutely, man. But like. What happened was Dude, there, I did my joke, the power of pussy, <laughs> in front of an all Ukrainian crowd. Yeah. And like the five women in the front row grilled the shit out of me. Nobody laughed. Like mm-hmm. it was dead silence. Mm-hmm. Nobody laughed. I don't and think I heard that one. No. You don't. You don't have to I'm say. Not, oh, I'm not dropping it here. You don't, don't, you don't come out to a show. Exactly. Go out to one of the shows here because I'm like I don't want any really <laughs> Like you, you can talk about concepts and everything, but like don't like actually. No, but I did a joke. Like that's I. The title of it is "Our Pussy." Mm-hmm. And like I and I wrote a pussy poem. Mm-hmm. Right, and so like I you know, wanted to get the crowd engaged and these women were just not feeling it, man. It, <laughs> as it is, like this. But you take the shot. Mm-hmm. And then I did it in another room. Killed it. Fucking cleaned up. And that's what everyone has to realize. Every room is different. There's not, it's not 100% consistent. And also, like, the same show I'm talking about is a DK fan. He was, uh, he was just talking about, like, his family and all that, and they were more offended at him. And we were, like, that, that's the other thing, too. Like, he said, like, nothing wrong, like, at, at all. Like, me and, me and Andres were just like, that's funny, that's okay. It's just very, very simple family situations, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny that you said that, though. Yeah. Because I don't know if you saw what I posted this morning. I did not. No. I was too busy telling up this whole life. <laughs> okay, so I posted, I was on uh, a show last night, mm-hmm. and I posted a couple of clips, and there, you know, I went, I went hard. Okay. <laughs> My mom messaged me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to have that happen to me. My mom messaged me this morning, and she's like, uh, you have family friends and co-workers <laughs> that are gonna see this shit she's like you might need to think about you know <laughs> the next time you post something like that and for me like i i didn't even message her back i didn't even mm-hmm. draw into it because 
they're jokes. Yeah, exactly. Comedy. And I know that's why I've never had my parents. Have you ever had your parents at a show? My mom wants to see me perform really badly. I won't have them out. My mom will not. Like, that. she won't come to a show mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. I think until, like, I have some, like, accreditation. Because she knows how crude I am. Mm. <laughs> she Be because it's just like with like my mom wants to come out my family really wants me to come out because they've already seen my jokes they already know how i talk my 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 extended family like my cousins and all them they already know what type of per like how i talk and everything so they're just like it's not going to be like anything new to them yeah, yeah so like but my mom on the other hand i clean it up a lot when i'm around her <laughs> because it's my mom well it's yeah. yeah. Like, why do we have to do that, though? We're <laughs> fucking grown-ass men. Oh. I know it's a respect thing, but, okay. When we have, like, family dinner, yeah. my sister, mm -hmm. you know, she's married. My brother-in-law, I love him to death. Yeah. Yeah, but my sister and him, like, they, they swear. Mm -hmm. So we're at dinner at their house, mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law, you know, would be like, Yo, did you see the fucking Leafs last night? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, they were fucking bullshit. My mom will look at me. She's like, Miguel. <laughs> You're still... Stop swearing. I'm You're like, mom, yeah. did you not just hear him swear? <laughs> He's not my son. But, <laughs> the fuck, technically he is on paper. <laughs> oh, we're in their house. What the fuck? So, I get it, but... <laughs> It's simple family immigrant family simple, simple immigrant family upbringing you can't swear in front of them because like my dad, my dad just swears in Spanish he doesn't give a shit if I swear in Spanish <laughs> if I get mad and I swear in Spanish I my think mom still knows though mm -hmm. she's like don't swear what in neither language now I'm cut off from two languages learn to swear in Russian fuck is that <laughs> yeah right learn to That's swear in Russian, in Russian man or Japanese pick one <laughs> No, but it's Spanish. tu madre. A mí no me gusta esa vaina que tú estás haciendo. Because, uh, like... Was, was the next question? Okay, no. Yeah, I'm just, like... Because uh, I'm trying to figure out how to pace this. This guy's first episode, so, like, I'm just trying to figure out the whole groove of this whole thing. Uh, so, I want to say, like, we were talking about, like, people, un like, understanding your comedy in different ways. Uh-huh. Like, uh, where would you want to take your comedy? Because, like, as it pertains to me, right? Uh, my comedy, I really want to talk about, like, how I perceive the world, how, like, something can be conflated and we just let something else go. Like, for example, for me, is that there's certain language out there that you just can't say to people because they will get offended. But at the same time, the the president of Nestle can say water's not a human right and no one will care. <laughs> like, that's, that's two things that are very conflated, right? One's actually robbing someone of actual clean drinking water, the other one's not. But, like, where would you want to see your comedy take if you were, like, to keep going further into the career? Uh, well, I'm going to keep going no, further sorry. into this career. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Exactly. I'm grinding. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eventually be able to stop doing the things that I do mm -hmm. that I went to school for. Mm-hmm as a child and youth worker mm -hmm. and I want this to be my full-time profession and so that's kind of the trajectory that I have my eye on yeah I'll do what I need to do to get it 
because like you as like a child and youth worker i can see how much that has actually affected your comedy because you you know how to talk to anyone you're such the most natural talker i've ever seen in like a first year comedian because i appreciate that man because like everyone else is just like oh it's like I'm watch like some people up there are just like in their first year like even I'm like this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny this for a second guys that I'm just like cutting a bad wrestling <laughs> promo <laughs> like I'm just cutting a bad wrestling promo I'm not exactly engaging or talking to the audience I'm just like yep <laughs> I don't like it when things don't go my way no siri <laughs> it sounds so disjointed but you actually sound like you're having a conversation with the audience which is more than most people have in their first year and. So, it's odd yeah. though that you say that because growing up yeah. like i just it, i would it's so, for me it is so easy to talk to people mm-hmm. it is a natural thing for me i mm-hmm. i don't understand people that don't want to engage with other people mm-hmm. it i i work but i work a lot with with children Mm -hmm. and adults that you know are like that Mm -hmm. and that's what I guess the interest is for me Mm -hmm. and why I'm able to communicate so well because I'm not gonna hold back like I I want to communicate I want to engage and like I said for my past you know I put myself in the firing line Mm -hmm so that I can make other people laugh and now I have as as I grew older and mm-hmm. I understand it more now I have the power to choose I now I'm the one directing mm-hmm. uh, where that laughter and so like, goes. F- so from what I'm hearing is that you're a naturally extroverted person very uh Yes, but yeah. at the same time, no, mm-hmm. dude. When I played, I played sports my whole life. Mm-hmm. If my parents cheered for me mm-hmm. when I would score a basket in basketball, mm-hmm. like I would be pissed at them. <laughs> like they would, they would clap for me. I'd be like, "Fuck up," <laughs> you know what I mean? And that would throw me off. Mm-hmm. They, feeling like I was being watched and that mm-hmm. there was an expectation of me, mm-hmm. rather than me just now. I don't give a fuck. Exactly. I have my own expectations, and mm-hmm. I know what I want. I'm not worried about what other people expect. Okay, but like, since you're like, a, like most people within their first year have like a hard time like going up on stage and like talking with people because like, l- let's be fully honest, everyone, everyone that goes on stage is naturally introverted. <laughs> we are socially awkward as fuck on that, like off stage. Like you think like. Well, that's the thing, yeah. right? Like, do when I'm on stage. Yeah you would you if you saw me on the street Mm -hmm. would you be like that guy's a stand-up comedian absolutely no fucking way (laughs) okay i think we can bring bridges in right now like ruth you don't think she's a comedian no well (laughs) i do when again when i walk i dude i take the subway every day to work Mm -hmm. you know back and forth to comedy shows Mm mm-hmm Every person I see on the subway mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. I never even would have given it a thought. Like, is that person funny? Is that person a comedian? Is that mm-hmm. person an actor? Mm-hmm. Now, it's all the fuck I think about. I'm like, yeah. is that person, like, 
is that person a comedian? Mm -hmm. They could be because everybody, I know everybody's looking at me, mm -hmm. being like, this guy, there's no way. Yeah. He's a comedian. And once you sit down and talk. I love being the underdog, though. Mm -hmm. Unexpected. And, you know, you we're real. Because, mm -hmm. look at me. <laughs> Tattoos everywhere, mm -hmm. piercings everywhere. You think parents walk into the schools that I work at and are like, you're my child's child <laughs> <abuse> worker? <laughs> Stereotypes are amazing, my friend. But I'm the fucking best at what I do. Mm -hmm. So, that's just kind of how like I view like this journey to mm -hmm. comedy and where I wanted to go. But, like, since you're, like, you're really good at talking all that, what... Do you, like, have any... F did you have, like, any fears when you were first going on that stage when you wanted to do the comedy the first time? I did. And did. I want to give a shout-out to Jokers. Mm -hmm, yeah. Jokers in Richmond Hill. Uh, that was... That's my home base. Mm -hmm. And that was where I got my very first opportunity to get on stage. And like I was saying before, like, mm -hmm. in high school, mm -hmm. speech time, mm -hmm. buddy, horrified. Mm -hmm. I would be procrastinating as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, even after high school, like I didn't like doing the public speaking. And after high school, you know, moving away to Venezuela and mm -hmm. living there, um, and then coming back and having these different experiences, was a little bit more comfortable with the communication part, mm -hmm. but still didn't want to do anything in public. My sister's wedding, mm -hmm. I had to do a speech, but I did not want to do it at all. And I don't know what clicked. Like it, this one night mm -hmm. I was with a friend and mm -hmm. we were walking down over near Joker's mm -hmm. and I didn't even know it was there. Mm -hmm. We walked by it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Let's go in and get a drink. Mm -hmm. So we went in and got a drink and um kale who's uh mm -hmm. the head receptionist there she uh she was in there and a show was just ending so mm -hmm. people were filtering out and i asked like can we come in and have a drink mm -hmm. she's like yeah show's done like come in mm -hmm. and i asked her i was like do you guys do like open mics mm -hmm. she was like yeah we have an amateur show on tuesdays mm -hmm which is Vong. Yeah. Shout out to Vong, Shout out to Vong. Well for giving my first opportunity. One of the hardest working men in all of Toronto. Um, and yeah, she told me come back mm -hmm. uh, on the Tuesday. I went on the Tuesday mm -hmm. and I fucking chickened out. <laughs> I came, I went there and uh, she was like, are you going to go on tonight? And I was like, no, I just want to watch it first. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she was like, don't come back next week unless you're going on. Mm -hmm. So I promised her I would. Mm -hmm. I went on next week and I fucking smashed it. <laughs> That's good. That's what I like to hear. Like, cause like, I remember and my- I fell in love, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's shit. I, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Cause I remember my first time it was just like, I ran off the stage and I had like three minutes left because <laughs> it's just so scary. I did that too, though. Yeah. Like I think it was like my third time. Yeah. Uh, I just like blanked mm -hmm. halfway through my set, and I think I only had I only had done like two and a half minutes, and I, I had five. 
it's not a not normal thing. It, it happens to everyone. Everyone, so please, if well, you, you yeah, know. no, guys, like it, it happens, but it it teaches you um, that you you can mm-hmm. get through. Like it's not gonna kill you. It, it helps you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna it it helps become helps you become a better comic. It does, and also like I want to expand on something because you brought up Venezuela. And you've told me some wild ass stories of you living there, like yes, especially in Caracas. No, in Caracas is why I still wear my rosary. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell them your experience about living in Caracas during that wild ass time, um, if you want to. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I well, what what kind of stories do you want? Like the the amazing one. Um, the ones that make you go, make you go. How the hell you survived that? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can talk about a little bit of that stuff. Um, so when I moved down there, mm-hmm. um, it was after high school. Uh, you know, I didn't have a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, living my life in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, <laughs> and. Uh, making silly uh decisions so i decided with my family that mm-hmm. you know more my abuela mm-hmm. my grandmother who's my best friend mm-hmm. i love her to death uh hilda paredes um, she's my best friend so she raised me when i was a baby because my parents were both child and youth workers mm-hmm. doing uh, shift work um but she was like, I don't want to see you in this shit anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to give you the opportunity to travel, to, mm-hmm. to see a different way of living. Um, so I moved down there, and she owned a business for about 50 years mm-hmm. in Caracas. Uh, it was a photocopy shop in Oficentro. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I originally went down for, I think my ticket was for like a month and a half, <laughs> something like that. Dude, my first week down there, I called my mom. I was like, cancel the ticket. <laughs> and I just stayed. Mm-hmm. I fell in love. Um, and that country, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know if everybody knows, but please to all my Venezuelan people, um, to all my gente, uh, it hurts to, to know that Mm-hmm. So many of us are have had to leave mm-hmm. our own country, you know, and, and because of the corruption in the government and mm-hmm. the breakdown uh, of the infrastructure in Venezuela, one of the most beautiful and richest countries in the entire world mm-hmm. for all resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so when I was down there, mm-hmm. that was when it was starting to get bad. Mm-hmm. So it is one of the most dangerous countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the things that got me in like dangerous situations mm-hmm. were me kind of like backing up the people mm-hmm. that were there. So at the time, uh, the students uh, at all of the universities in Venezuela were kind of they were protesting mm-hmm. uh, because of the laws and the corruption that weren't allowing them to learn get jobs outside the country mm-hmm. 
but the jobs inside the country that they got you know their diplomas and degrees for mm-hmm. wouldn't pay them enough to, right they wanted to keep it kind of in-house stuff so there was a lot of things that you know uh, the young people were wanting to change for the future mm-hmm. so I would go to the marches and these marches in Venezuela mm-hmm. when riot police come it's not like riots in Canada yeah, exactly. or in the US mm-hmm. Usually, in most parts of the world, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. shots are to be fired, mm-hmm. to clear crowd, mm-hmm. two in the air, mm-hmm. one in front. Mm-hmm. Venezuela, mm-hmm. three in front. Mm-hmm. None, None in the air. None in the air. It makes you truly appreciate Right into the crowd. Yeah. And Dude, I watched, I, I have seen multiple people mm-hmm. die in front of me in different ways Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was living there but that's the dark piece of it that's the sad scary shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I should like how am I still alive Mm -hmm. but at the same time dude that place changed my life it's the most beautiful place in the world Mm -hmm. and it gives you kind of an appreciation of what we have here in western society like we absolutely I lived there with no running hot water Mm mm-hmm in my apartment for the time that I was living there. That sounds like that sounds like hell for most people here. Exactly. exactly. But for me, I was attracted to less, mm-hmm. but living more. Exactly. And like I, the people that have almost nothing there are so content. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And they're like so happy with the little that they have. Yeah. And they don't want anymore. Like, they're good. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't want extra shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, here, it's like people, your internet gets cut out. And they lose their oh, my fucking God. Fucking Rogers. Yeah. The entire world went nuts. I know. And what was it like? You truly appreciate, because, like, those are university students, like, had their, like, their whole lives ahead of them. Willing to die just to say something. Fuck yeah, man. And, like, and that's, like, that's, like, bravery on another level. It's crazy. And, yeah. and these were kids that knew that... Mm-hmm. The chances of them even taking a stand yeah. wasn't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. And now look at it. I was living there 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Bro, look at the country now. It's fucking... It burned. Mm-hmm. Five million Venezuelans mm-hmm. left Venezuela last yeah. year. It's like the, the, All of my family yeah. dispersed. Mm-hmm. I have family in Spain, Germany, Hungary, mm-hmm. Thailand, mm-hmm. Uh, Italy... Miami, mm-hmm. Seattle, mm-hmm. they're all gone. Yeah. Like, they left their mm-hmm. home. Because, like, yeah, because, like, there was, like, an influx of also Venezuelans, like, going to Brazil, they were going to Trinidad, they were going to, you But know, again, yeah. in South America, like, the, when they leave Venezuela and go to another South American country, mm-hmm. it's not, like, their life is better, easier. Yeah. That's why so many are going to Europe overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was also the best times of my life exactly. in Minnesota, right? I met people that changed my life. Mm-hmm. I had experiences that I didn't even know existed, you know, that you could even experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to travel to different parts of Venezuela, um, 
and just the experience of it changed my life, man. It's a beautiful country. Dude, have you ever walked outside in the morning and just grabbed a fucking mango out of a tree and ate it on your way to work for breakfast? Like, that <laughs> shit is fucking clutch. Yeah, I... Uh, in Trinidad, I have had a similar thing, but my grandmother just got it herself. <laughs> okay, yeah. there you go. I understand it. I understand. I you understand. Know, like, that shit doesn't happen here. You can't do that here. It's tropical you, fruit. <laughs> well, <laughs> aside from the tropical fruit, yeah. but like you're not walking around mm-hmm. fucking grabbing a fucking banana out of a tree and just for free too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Outside my abuela's yeah. uh, condominium. There was a mango tree that mm. they planted, like, full of mangoes. The entire condo mm. would walk up. Everybody would grab, like, a mango off the tree, walk to work. It sounds great, man. I know. <laughs> we gotta get the fuck up out of here, man. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Like, not yet. We still got some time to... No, no. <laughs> fuck up out of Canada. We gotta go to, like, Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> we'll risk our lives for that sweet, sweet mango. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's mango, not pussy, man. <laughs> <It's mango. laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll risk my life for no pussy out of this. <laughs> okay, okay what was it? Um, in the uh, like, let's look to the words of the future now. Like me and you have had this conversation before, and a lot of like uh, com- comedians' end goals are completely different. Mm-hmm. Like y- your and my end goal is the exact same thing. We want to ha- one day have that Netflix special, and we all know people. Some of them want their residency in uh, Las Vegas. They want to be on TV. They want to do this in the third. But like, how much would you say that Netflix special is important to you? Uh, incredibly important mm-hmm. to me. That's right now. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna put a ceiling mm-hmm. on my trajectory. Mm-hmm. and where I want to eventually be. Uh, for now, that's my that's where I'm aiming. Mm-hmm. And for me, once that is filmed and put out, mm-hmm. residency, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. like, that would be great. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually one day, maybe. Mm-hmm. But having that one piece of art filmed mm-hmm. and documented mm-hmm. and put out, uh, for the world to be able to see mm-hmm. it's undeletable exactly you know what i mean mm-hmm. like whether you delete it off netflix they fire you cancel it it is somewhere on that fucking internet mm-hmm. some and so that message will always be spread and that's my goal like mm-hmm. i want to spread laughter to as many people in the world mm-hmm. as i can it's always going to show be- the art mm-hmm. of what we do mm-hmm and it's always going to be out there in perpetuity. So, like, you'd want, like... the And I always said this to everyone, like... It, I tried and I failed is a lot better than what if. Fuck okay, yeah, man. Because, like... Like, there's a lot of people that... Like, you live in fear. You're not going nowhere. You're not going anywhere. And you have to, like, in comedy especially... You cannot be afraid to fail. No. You have to... I like bombing sometimes. <laughs> well, you learn a lot from bombing. But I like bombing. Mm-hmm. And another thing as a comedian, I like getting roasted. Like, I want somebody to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm on stage, I don't mind hecklers. Mm-hmm. It gives me a challenge. 
Implicit means that they're engaged with what you're saying. Yeah. So that's... But even if they're being assholes, because remember that one time I did kick that one heckler out from uh, that open mic? To be fair, the guy was very, very drunk. He was wasted, and I just had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I would use... If I was on stage, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got off stage to kick him off. Mm-hmm. The only reason I did that was because mm-hmm. I was off stage. Mm-hmm. If I was on stage, you were just like, that's gold time to me. I'm fucking with your ass. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, uh, neither, I'm not afraid of hecklers as well, and I'm fine with getting roasted too. Because, like, uh, uh, it's uh, fucking hilarious. Exactly. But at the same time, like, you, you have to have some skin for it, and, like, roast, as most people don't know, roasting is an art. And like you yeah, it is. You, you got to be quick on your feet. You got to be able to, you know, you can't roast somebody, mm-hmm. and like have that shit written out. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't work. Exactly. When you're roasting somebody, you boom, off the top of your head. Even at that, like with like someone like when Patrice O'Neill was doing the roast of uh, Charlie Sheen, like he had a list on in front of him. Like you, you there is planning that does go into it. And as well as like, wow, well, there's a premise yeah, behind it, right? Exactly. Yeah, but it is also a different style of mm-hmm. comedy. There's so many different styles: storytelling, so punchliners, mm-hmm. storytellers. Mm-hmm. So what? Do you, what would you consider yours? Of what? What is your style of comedy? My style is like most people. Like, when they see me, they say they can hear the Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr, and Dave Chappelle energy, so I'd say more storytelling. Because, like, uh, yeah. They, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, me, yeah, because, like, I like uh, weaving this whole gigantic tale and trying to wrap it all up together in one. Like, for example, like, when it comes to five minutes, you can't just, like, you have to, like, go, like, so many different steps and, like, to most people, five minutes doesn't seem like a lot of time, but when you're on the stage, it feels like an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when your adrenaline's pumping and you're trying to, like, make sure everything lands. But, like, yeah, I'd just say more storytelling because I'm more attracted to making people think about what I'm saying and to try and comprehend it. Like, I love that comedy that's very insightful. I love that comedy that's very thoughtful. Like a comedy that, yeah, makes you think. Exactly. Because, like, uh, as good as Jimmy Carr is, like, I love Jimmy Carr. He's just punchline after punchline after punchline. He's like, the only thing I can call him is a machine gun. He just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. which is impressive. Exactly. But again, it, like some people, like, it, it doesn't... It doesn't drive with them. It doesn't drive because they need, like, uh, more of a lead up to hear the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right? That's their preference. Exactly. And that's where my preference lies, too, because I love how, like... Uh, the one special that I will always go to the, the strongest storytelling was Equanimity by Dave Chappelle on Netflix because like he starts the joke off with that's the one that he broke down with the something about birds what's the other one uh bir- the bird revolution okay yeah it, so that one was the two part yeah the two part one and like the first joke that he tells on it is like a, he's like it, he says like I write jokes backwards I pulled this out of a out, out of, of a fishbowl pull, I'm, yeah. And I kicked her. No, he, what he does is he, he said he just writes punchlines yeah. and throws them in a fishbowl. 
and then he'll pick them out yeah. every once in a while and try and write a joke around it. Mm-hmm. And the one that he does in that is, uh, so I kicked her in the pussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends it with that. He says that like, in the first five minutes, and the, the special's like over an hour long, and he ends it with kicking the little girl. So that's that's a stroke of genius. Exactly. Like how he was able to hold that in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. But as a comedian, because yeah. we know the back, the like you know, the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was already written out? It was possibly already written out. Like planned. I would say so. Like it's it's stretched out and all that. Think about it. He's doing a fucking special. Yeah. Everything is fucking. Yeah. He, I wouldn't say like it was, everything is doctored though. Everything's but doctored. you 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 yeah. vibe with it and mm-hmm. you make your little switches and changes as you go but like it's doctored right it's, it's kind of like magic in that way like you're just yeah, but that's the magic behind it yeah. man like it's like, like yeah somebody doing a card trick like is it real magic or like is it just sleight of hand like it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. it's a version of expectation is what it is and i love it what else let's but say it's also the genius behind somebody putting in the work to mm-hmm be able to have that illusion or mm-hmm. presentation like in their back pocket like we do exactly nobody knows mm-hmm. we're comedians mm-hmm. right if you go into a bank nobody knows you're a comedian Everyone you imagine you just walked in you were like right <laughs> and everybody was like everybody said yes just a day of all yes all humans being said all human beings said yes mm-hmm. you walk into a bank Guys, everybody listen up. Sorry to disturb you. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm going to do five minutes right in front of you, right here in the middle of the bank. Mm -hmm. And you do it. Yeah. That shit would never happen. Never. Unless it... Fuck, I forget what I was saying. It sounds so stupid now. This is all recorded. God damn it. It's okay, man. Um, It's live for a reason. I forget... I forgot like where I was going with that, but mm. I guess it's just the fantasy and like mm. the the illusion and the fantasia behind it. Mm. Like what was that this one comedian, uh, Madison Cassidy said, like you reminded me of what he says, like like instead of like when you're doing your set on stage and when you do your set in real life, it sounds like a manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh crap! He's kind of right. It does. Um, but like, uh, let's see how much time we got left, guys. Uh, because like, I am. How long st- have we been going? Forty-five yeah. minutes. Jeez. A bit more or less forty-five minutes. But like, yeah, still, still getting the whole gist of this whole pad- podcasting done. But I'm pretty sure, like, you and me, we're we're having a blast doing this. I'm good to go, man. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm honored. Mm-hmm, yeah, because, like, I uh, did not know how this was going to go and everything like that. Uh, by the I way... I feel like it's a cool conversation to have. Exactly. You know? And I would just say, like, any advice that you would give for people who want to get into comedy, I'd say. Um, first off, mm-hmm. try it. Mm-hmm. Go out. Uh, go to an open mic. Uh, follow other comedians mm-hmm. that... You know, you hear names of in the mm-hmm. community. Doesn't need to be a headliner because I know that can be intimidating mm-hmm. to people. You know, wanting to jump in, 
because they think oh, headliner wouldn't even give me the time of day but I've noticed that a lot of these headliners in Toronto are willing to you know show support mm -hmm. and reach out to uh, to build the community back up after COVID I think it you mm -hmm. know blasted our community mm -hmm. but my advice would be go to Mike's Go out to shows, try and network with people, mm -hmm. and fuck, follow me. The <laughs> socials are in the bottom. Follow right? me on my socials. Yeah. The, they're right there on the bottom. He, he has an Instagram, his TikTok, and his Facebook. Hit uh, me up, DM me. Uh, I can, you know, direct you guys in the right direction. Um, mm -hmm. Same here. Uh, if anyone has any questions, I'll read yeah, it. I'm read it. I'm an open book because, like. At the same time, like, I can, I understand how daunting it can be because it's just like, everyone's afraid of failing and you shouldn't be afraid of failing because like, oh, what if they don't laugh? Don't worry about that. Like you, your first year, like I'll give everyone a story. I ran into Dave Attell at the Comedy Cellar in New York. Yeah, I saw your pictures on, yeah, uh, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, and, and he just said like, dude, man, it's your first year. Just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the smell of the roses. Don't think about not getting a laugh, just learn and get better. And I'll tell everyone this, every single comedian is super approachable. If they ever, like if you just ask questions to them, like how do you do this, how do you do that, how should I begin, they will give you a general answer. Yeah, you know, they won't, they will. They won't like put, they won't, they're people too, they won't brush you off, they won't say, be any, be snide towards you. I've never had a comedian act badly to me at all. Like, and just trust me, everyone, I'm someone who struggles with generalized social anxiety. I go on that stage and I, and I talk to people and I'm still able to go and do it. And everyone wants to give their knowledge that they have. And, the, Absolutely. and everyone wants to help each other out. Like the main basis of this podcast is to get everyone's name out there. Cause I know I want this scene to grow and I want it to prosper and like no one really understands each other. Or no, will. yeah, and we're and I appreciate you having me on yeah. here to mm -hmm. like this. This community is going to continue to grow. Exactly, and I love that. Like, because like what most people think is that like oh our community is like very competitive. It, yes and no is that like when it comes to like the actual like book shows, of course it's going to be competitive because we're all fighting for space. But yeah. like, but when it comes to like open mics, nah, we're like we will actually point you in the direction of where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do there. <laughs> I think that's the case yeah. for yeah. even like com more competitive, yeah. uh, you know, situations. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you want to think you're the best. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? If this is like that passion of yours, mm -hmm. like the level personally that I have, mm -hmm about this is like I want to be the best mm -hmm. I want to be the Michael Jordan of this shit mm -hmm. and so I will do anything put the time in the work in the practice you know the lack of sleep <laughs> oh you mean you mean going to going to the comedy lab and staying there until three o'clock in the morning Fuck, man. <laughs> Everything, bro. shout out to Denton and comedy lab as well um all the places that have given me opportunities at fucking three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, like I, I'm not stopping. Yeah. 
Nor should you. It's going down. You, you, you've got a future in this because you are, as I said, a natural talker. You, you can hold a conversation. I've seen you hold. Plus, I'm a real one. I'm a good guy. Yeah. I, I appreciate people. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've met very many people that don't like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like when it's like one of those things. Like uh, I want to call it an availability her- heuristic, if I'm mistaken. It's I basically have no idea what that. It's is. a psychology term. High as shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why everyone in the scene thinks I'm too fucking smart for my own good. <laughs> but it's just basically like you think about like every single horrible scenario that you've ever been into, as it's worse than what it seems. You have a very vivid understanding of everything. So like. Like, it's the same thing with me. Like, every... I have more good interactions with people than bad. Yeah. Like, and the same thing with you. You ha- you remember all your good, but, like, the bad ones just kind of stick out a bit more. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the like, bad ones are the ones that are, like, that thorn that, you know... Yeah, the thorn in your side. But, like, those things also mold you, right? Mm-hmm. So, don't, like, yeah, so trust me when I say this everyone you're you're gonna have more good times than bad when you're doing this stand-up comedy thing for sure yeah for fucking sure yeah exactly and those the the highest of highs are worth the lowest of lows if somebody can make somebody laugh the mm-hmm. person that made that other person laugh feels fucking good mm-hmm. that is just a natural physiological reaction in the human that thought that shot a dopamine brain. to the freaking veins man straight up <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. look at even and you could go like into psychology about it like yeah. look at little babies yeah first time a kid hits a baseball off of the t-ball baseball tee. yeah all excited mm-hmm. dude you tell a joke that somebody laughs at all excited oh my god you feel like like you just like Million like you just shot hit a touchdown in the Super Bowl, <laughs> but okay. So I think we're uh, almost hitting an hour. So let's just try and close this out as best we can. All right. And then uh, plug your shows and plug your stuff, man. Plug your shows. And okay. Stuff. Yeah. Um. So I will be. Hold on. Where's my phone? This, you can plug your phone. That. It's <laughs> um. All right. So I will be at. Uh, Lola's in uh, Kensington Market on Wednesday for uh, a friend of mine. His show is called. Um, sorry, I should have had this prepared. I had a sample. We will be at Lola's for what time? Um, anyway, I'll be Kensington Market on the 31st, mm-hmm. um, at, I believe, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can check my Instagram, because uh, I do have the posters uh, posted. Um, on June 9th, I will be doing a show for um, the Friend Zone comedy which is Matt Duffy at Lockstock Cannabis uh, 8 to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be at 8 Gladstone Avenue unit 1B um, so that's on the 9th 
of June on the 10th. I'll be up at the Sociable Pub mm -hmm. in Newmarket for Big Dog Chris Bonaport. So shout out to him too for giving me a spot on his show. Mm -hmm. And the headliner will be Mark Trinidad. Oh yeah, for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I will also be doing another show on the 24th. So there will be a couple more added in June. So just mm -hmm. follow for more information. But 24th of June, I will be doing um, abused and infused <laughs> cannabis uh, for uh, King's Court, mm -hmm. David Seeley. Okay. Uh, he runs a show once every three months and oh. it's an event has marijuana vendors um during the daytime mm -hmm. uh and then starting eight o'clock they close out the vendors everybody leaves from the vending pieces of it uh and they have a private event everybody's allowed to smoke <laughs> hand out joints uh edibles drinks whatever you guys want everybody gets stoned as fuck and does <laughs> comedy it's just so like, i'll be featured on that as well uh i can't wait for that that'll be a fucking that actually sounds fun but like with me is like i don't know if you remember that i'm allergic to marijuana yeah see so, so like so I'm just, i don't know what if i get you a gas mask yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no that's gonna be a fun time uh, I'm excited for that mm -hmm. and I won't drop it yet mm -hmm. but I got a big one in July first weekend of July um, I'll be dropping that information soon on my socials mm -hmm. uh, so you guys can come and follow check it out if you guys want to come out, come out. I promise you guys will have a good time. Uh, I guess I'll plug my stuff now. Is this like I have uh, as of right now? I'm mostly doing open mic street now because I've made myself a promise at the beginning of the year that I would continuously make new material and get past uh, 30 minutes of material. Yep. So far right now, I'm at 20. So I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like crushing it right now. So that's good. Uh, but like uh, tomorrow, I'm gonna do whorehouse for my open mic. And okay. I'm, I'm gonna try my best to um get onto the qualifying list because like there's a wait uh, oh yeah poor Danny, nose fuck yeah da Danny Danny's mic and I think I might come down to that after yeah no problem I'm gonna message him and see if I can get on the list early because like people sign up for that mic at like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like no no now he's doing it you gotta be there by six he's not taking any before okay. Because like I, I just like I just sign up. yeah I just showed up and I I went there last week and I was like thirtieth on the list and I showed up at like I showed up at like Emil five. was there yeah Emil's great I, I, like buddy I, that guy is making moves he's gonna he's gonna do things here. yeah I I'm really every time I see him all right plug your shows no problem we'll talk about Emil after <laughs> my my net are you high. <laughs> no <laughs> let me just like i have my shows here like i know there's one uh brampton and up your kilt on june 17th uh uh at eight o'clock i believe and where in brampton yeah in brampton 
And what was it? I know I have another show sometime soon. Give me a second. Hmm. Seems like no. Yeah, just to show. I feel like this is like the perfect couch for like a reenactment of like the Dave Chappelle. Like, fuck your couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like over there, like punch your legs up. <laughs> and then he he was still going. Fuck your couch. And then I was like, um. But like, yeah, just mostly uh, I, because I just recently did uh, Sweet and Spicy, like you did this week. So like, I would say like, I don't really have much in the pipeline as the shows right now because I'm still just I haven't really been looking, to be fully honest. Like, it's just like I want to uh, just get my just refine my material and get it better. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But as of right now, like I think we'll be closing out this podcast first but at the same time i will give a shout out to emil right now because emil is 79 years old oh man and he's 79 years young yeah 79 years old young he's going out he's going out there he's making it work and i'm just i just am so happy every time i see him perform dude every time i see him he just makes me smile exactly just the sight of him makes me smile and the fact that he's trying and succeeding my dad Oh, yeah. killing it. Yeah, exactly. Like killing it. Uh, I'm... I just can't... I hope he gets what he wants because he says he just... He doesn't want to be, like, famous. He just wants to be good. And he wants to just make people laugh. And that, like, but that's what's going to make him fucking famous. Exactly. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That he's not... So, again, like, I, I know I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. Mm-hmm. But... How I started it. Exactly. Like, I do this because the the personal joy mm-hmm. that I get of watching others get joy. Because like yeah, for me it's like as I said, it's not about the money, it's not about the fame, it's about sending my message. That's that's Absolutely. that's what it is for me. And that's what I do for a living as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a helper. Mm-hmm. I work in service. I work in medicine too, so like I understand. Oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> but okay so i'll just plug one last thing i have a Streamlabs account 100 percent of the pro the proceeds go to the podcast to make it better like i'll get better mics better equipment but uh better background hopefully i just want to make this uh, uh podcast viable because this is as i said to jess danja who will be my next guest next week Hey, she. Guys, I'll be tuning in. Yeah, she. <laughs> I told her this isn't about me. This is about our community and expanding it and making people know who we are and making people understand why they have to care about our comedy and why they have to care about what we're saying. Absolutely. Well, uh, they don't have to care. Yeah. And they don't need to listen, but what we do mm-hmm. is influential, mm-hmm. and all I think kind of part of that message that you're wanting to send is mm-hmm. that like we just want people to recognize that like what we do mm-hmm. you know holds and holds value if i can say this like um one of my co- one of my sets uh did offend someone and it made them very angry but there was another person there that said the fact that you stood behind what you said gave them courage to stand up for themselves 
and that made that made me go like you know what uh, I'm going in the right direction absolutely uh, so right now me and uh, Miguel are going to go out to Rib Fest in New Market <laughs> fuck yeah we're going to get some ribs baby and oh, I Woo! hope that you guys will tune into the next episode I'm hungry as fuck <laughs> he doesn't smoke weed I'm smoking another joint though he's going to be really hungry when we get there oh shit <laughs> Thank you again, brother. No problem. Muchas gracias. Es un placer para para hacer esto contigo. Thanks, man. That means a lot, man. Because like I I wanted to start this off strong, and this was the strongest way to think of starting it off. Natural talker has a bright future. Really funny man. Really great man. Let's go. The only like what the only the only the only no the only part no the 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 only thing is that like this is episode one. So like, hey, buddy, yeah. buddy, I don't mind being the bullet. I'm yeah. setting the bar. Yeah, and you set the bar really well, and I really hope that everyone tunes in for the next episode of Method to Madness. Please do. Jazz will be up next. Jazz will be up next. I'll send out the promo tomorrow. She is a very talented comedian, very bright spirit. I I love her to tear. Love her, love her dearly, and I hope that everyone enjoys the podcast next week as much as they enjoyed this one. All right, guys, thank you very much for your time, my brother. Yeah. Have a nice I day, everyone. Peace.